<laughs> hey everybody, welcome back to the Vorloff Hour, the Iowa Brewers Guild's official podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts this evening, Jack Wilson. And with me, as always, is the producer and seducer, Nathan. Hey, hey, I'm here. That's my new title for you. And I'm just, I've just been rolling with it because I like that, like people, you're a presence that's felt, that's always felt, no matter if you're speaking or not speaking, whether it's laughter in the background or you're mixing the, you're running the ones and twos, but it, it, that's you. You know what? I, uh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, the second part of the title makes my face a little red, but it's fine. It'll only get redder as I continue complimenting you <laughs> as the night goes on. All right, Jack, who else we got here? Well, unfortunately, the young King James is not here with us tonight. Ooh. But in his stead, we have a very important person, Scott Taylor, the events coordinator of the Iowa Brewers Union. How are you doing, Scott? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, longtime listener, first time guest. Well, I mean, you're not even, you're also not like, I mean, all like, most of us have, well, James and I have met you in the past and stuff. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and and the Iowa Brewers Union in general and what brought you to us this evening on the Morloff Hour. Okay, wow. Uh, I am a home brewer, and I'm on the board for the Iowa Brewers Union. It's uh, a local club. We help facilitate brewing in the area. Uh, we've got uh, about... Well, roughly 60 members currently, I believe, uh, and they're from all over, um, about 15 towns probably in the Des Moines metro area, and we've got guys that are winning medals all over the place, and we've got guys that don't want to brew for competitions, you know, just for, for pleasure, and so uh, my job as events coordinator, trying to come up with things for us to do, whether it be a competition or uh, brewery tours or or whatever. And uh, this event that we're uh, here for today uh, was Miller Malt came to us and said, I've got some grain. I think you guys can make some great beer with it. And, and uh, let's see what you can do. So we paired some of our more experienced brewers with less experienced brewers, and they they just came up with whatever they wanted. So we've got like Blondale, we've got a, uh, an English Porter, we've got a Red IPA, um, a, a Marzen. We've got all kinds of different beer made with the same base grain. And it's just a beauty contest. And that's where you guys come in. We're going to see what you like. I mean, I like all sorts of stuff. I'm very excited to get into it. Um, I previously was a member of the IBU when I first moved back to the Des Moines Ooh. area. And so it's fun to have you here and to be more involved with the, the IBU in general and get a little bit more mixing because we're the official podcast of the, the Iowa Brewers Guild. But I feel like there needs to be a little bit more intermingling and uh, the communities have a lot of common common interests, I guess, in general. Like, uh, so as a board member, do you find yourself still brewing as much as you used to? Or like, how much are you brewing nowadays versus how much you used to? And how did you get into brewing in general? And then what are your thoughts about like the local brewing community, even outside the Brewers Union? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't brew enough. That That's for sure. Um, 
My buddy, one of my good friends, Tony Schubert, he was a past president of the IBU. He got me into brewing. He lied to me and told me that it was easier and cheaper to brew at home. Classic. <laughs> yep, yep. That old <laughs> the dream. Lie. Yep. Um, he got me into brewing. He told me I needed to join. Got me hooked. Uh, it's a great group of guys. We, Like I said, we got so many guys on every level, and some guys are bringing home amazing records. I mean, they're they're brewing phenomenal beers and they're always willing to help with anything that you that you need you know i mean you, you need a a grain or a hop like you can just reach out to somebody in the club and they're like yeah i got it swing on by or or i'll even bring it to you you know like with just really good guys in the club and uh like i said yeah i'm not brewing as much as i as i should uh but uh, What's your favorite style of beer you have brewed in the past or like to brew? Oh, I keep wow. asking this question. I'm going to keep asking this question. It's a good question. I, I started out as a pale ale guy. Mm-hmm. I think most of my beers uh, my first year were all pale ales. Um, yeah, still, I still really love a good pale ale. Um, IPAs are great, American IPAs too, but uh, an American pale ale, that's, that's where my heart's at. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Well, let's let's get into the next portion before we go into the competition. We like to talk about what we've been drinking this week, things that we've enjoyed drinking this past week, and uh, things just we've been enjoying drinking in general. Uh, Nathan, would you like to go first? You said you had a, a non-flicks beer. I'm very upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you uh, your your throne has been taken down. That's okay. <laughs> uh, so, in Real time when we were recording this, uh, two weekends ago was iBest. Brag about it. It was really fun to be at. We recorded an episode, which will already be out. You will have already listened to it, dear listeners. But while we were at iBest, you know, we were up in up in Decorus. My wife and I spent some time at Toppling Goliath, spent some time at Pulpit Rock, had some incredible beers while we were there, some nice views, and also a chill weekend, which was really nice. Um, and my wife and I came home with a can of Toppling Goliath's ma- barrel-aged maple granola pastry stout. And I cracked that open uh, Monday or Tuesday, and that was a special beer. <laughs> it sounds It was really intense. good. I mean, it was inc- incredible, incredible amounts of maple on the nose. And then... Honestly, on the you know the 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 taste and the finish, there was a lot of granola and a lot of oats and a lot like more than I've ever tasted in a beer is kind of like kind of like getting into like nice craft granola crumble crunks or whatever that you can get from like the store. Like it was, yeah, it was nice. It was very nice. Didn't feel fake at all. The no, flavor of the granola I mean, uh, felt very uh, real. I mean, yeah, to my palate. It sure, felt pretty, yeah. it felt pretty real. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's always a, a big thing when when you say granola, when you say maple, all that stuff is like making sure that the balance of, you know, you don't want to taste it made to taste like extract. Really, you want it to really taste like actual maple syrup. You want it to taste like actual granola clusters. Yeah, it that you reminded me of. Uh, I think Kind is a brand of granola I've had in the mm-hmm. past, where it's just big, big granola cluster clusters or whatever, and that's kind of what it reminded me of. Nice, yeah. But the the beer I'm drinking right now, currently from Flix, uh, yep. end of phase, end of is phase, very very delicious. Well, I mean, thank this you. is this is a close second for this week uh, of Iowa beer, and I've had some other 
great stuff from a previous Whoa. guest. I'm going to talk about that pre- yeah. previous guest right now. Uh, for my beer that I really enjoyed this week, um, at the time of this recording, we just recorded at West Hill Brewing in Indianola, and I was actually there even before then on the past Saturday to celebrate their third anniversary. And I went up to the table and I was like, dealer's choice. And he came back with a Shores beer. And like, it's kind of cold outside. It was, you know, not the nicest weather. And like a Shores beer is the perfect balance of like nice, dark, roasty character, but not doing too heavy in the body. Like, and also not super high in alcohol. And I believe it was called Nighthawk. And I didn't end up having it when we were recording the podcast, but I definitely had a couple of glasses of that of that on Saturday. And it was a really good way to kick off a chilly, a very chilly afternoon. Yeah. Ended up having a lot more beer after that, but it, I that beer stuck in my mind even after leaving because I don't think a lot of people do a lot of Shores beers in general. I mean, it's not a super popular style of beer. So, and I mean, they like making traditional styles of beer. So having that and just remembering how good and simple a beer can be while also being full of flavor. So there's there's mine for this week. Scott, any any thoughts, opinions on anything you've been drinking this week? It doesn't have to be an Iowa beer. Oh, mine was uh, Thomas Beck from Confluence. That's a great beer, though. I, I was in the other day, and uh, they warned me that they were almost out. I think they were down to three, four packs left. And Thomas Beck was the beer that, that got me to love Confluence in the first place. It was one of their OG beers, if yep, I remember correctly. Yep. When they stopped having that on all the time, you know, I, I'm sure there were there were a lot of people that are just no, no. <laughs> but you know, I understand they're making so many beers. They beer a week. They, they have to rotate. Awesome. It. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, are you a black IPA name fan, or are you a Cascadian dark ale, or are Ooh. you an American black ale? Which would you rather it be named? So I, I learned it as a black IPA. Same. I didn't. I didn't learn about Cascadian Dark Ale until uh, later. So yeah, when to you me, went it's still the beer styles, and you go, oh, yeah, black yeah. IPA is not actually a style of beer. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's strange. Yep. yep, it's certainly not pale. It's not pale at all. True. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of that beer too. That's a great beer. Yeah, the Tommy B as uh, Tommy B. as some of the bartenders or the beer tenders call it. That's a great Tommy B. Tommy B. I'm gonna go in there sometime when it comes back and go, can I get a Tommy B and see if they're confused? Yeah. Hopefully not. If it's Sam or Justin, I would assume that they know. Oh, they'll know. Okay, good. Yeah, but they're probably know. gonna be like, "Why are you calling it that?" Yeah, he'll probably he'll give you a look. Yeah, How I mean, know? he often gives me many many looks over a conference <laughs> and he goes, "What?" Well, I went in with a cowboy hat on one time. And I oh, no way. Horse, yeah. And he was like, what? And it just didn't ask questions. Just gave me a beer. It was very nice of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that was that was what we've been drinking. Insert cool music. And that's what we've been drinking. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. And if you've been drinking anything out there that you've been enjoying, put it in the comments. Instagram, Facebook podcast comments you can message us email us whatever you want at jay wilson at flicksbrewhouse.com feel free to reach out to me i'm not a, it's my work email so i don't <laughs> care if you email me there i don't want spam stuff but that's fine it's fine so uh scott before we start judging things and doing that um you said you're a longtime listener D- is that true and it's okay if it's not true but how do you expose him what what made you go, yeah, these are the guys. These should be the guys that could give a very unbiased judgment on some wonderful beers. Mm, these guys. 
Uh, no, it's true. I, I've listened to all of uh, your episodes. Um, I've worked with James uh, at Cord Ave, and we had a meeting there, what, two months ago? And he gave us, I mean, more than the Nickel Tour. I mean, he, he took us way down into the belly of the beast. And it was a great tour. Uh, we got to see everything behind the scenes, told us all of the the nuances of how he has to make it work there, you know, because he's limited by space. And and uh, so, yeah, James is a good guy. And uh, he would post that uh, you guys had a new episode out. So I was like, I got to do it. I got to dive in, check well, this all out. Well, I appreciate that. And I, I feel like that's something in common with like the home brewers and the brewers in general, the guild. It's like you got to make what you have work. And like yeah. you, we were talking a little bit before we were recording on like some of the really robust systems that homebrewers can have that are even more, you know, user friendly and easier to use than like even pro brewers have. But then you, on the other side, you have a turkey fryer and a pot. And right. some people put out excellent beers on a turkey fryer and a pot. And a lot of people start out that way. And there's yeah. there's no shame in it. I mean, and you can produce amazing beers. And then you got to make what you have work. And I feel like a lot of homebrewers, a lot of brewers start that way. They go, how can I do this? And then they just jump and then go. Yeah. So it's admirable quality on both sides. Because I've been to Capco as well. It's impressive what they can do right? with that old system there. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I can complain about the Flix stuff all I want, but I don't have to hand mill in because I have rakes that just spin for me. <laughs> I have a mill and an auger and a room where I can put the grain that is separated from the rest of the space, so I can't really complain too much. And I don't have a cold room because those are cold. I got my nice jacketed tanks that just sit upstairs. <laughs> They're beautiful, but it's fine. Yeah. So, uh. Let's talk about a little bit about the competition. So Miller Malting sponsored it. Everyone's using the same base malt, very different beers, and they were teams, right? Yeah. So we paired uh, more seasoned brewers with uh, less seasoned brewers, and and they took ten pounds of of pale. So these are these are probably all five gallon batches. Um, so they all took 10, 10 pounds of Miller Malting's Genie Pale. Uh, took that home and uh, doctored it up however they however they wanted. Um, and then we came back. We actually did do a, a little tasting competition at Jimmy Carter Happy Hour. So the Iowa Brewers Union still is setting up at El Bait Shop on the first Thursday of every month. Uh, we're there from like 6 to 9 p.m. just handing out free beer. So uh, we set up there and did like a, a public tasting and – uh, so, so one team already did win a twenty dollar gift card. Ooh, we'll so they see. could win more now. Yeah, we'll see. Ooh, that was a fan vote, though. That's a fan vote. Yep. Okay. So we got we got people <laughs> judging from some of the some of the comments that I heard. Some of these people had no idea what 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 some of these styles were. You know. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's great. And getting like even I assume there were non brewers union people at Bait Shop. Yeah. Just hanging out and you go, hey, try this stuff. Because I mean, yeah. that's part of the fun for Jimmy Carter. Right. So it's trying all the new, interesting stuff. So uh, I guess at that note, we should uh, crack on into it and get to get to rating. And are we ranking them? Are we going to rank them top to bottom, bottom to top? Ooh. Are we just one winner, a top three? 
yeah, honorable we won't, mention. We won't, know, we won't name any names, maybe, and uh, sure. maybe maybe the winner. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to trash on any of the other beers, you find some off flavors. There's there's gonna be something, <laughs> you know. And these have all been in bottles for two to two and a half weeks. Sure. And everyone's bottling techniques, you know, in their basement or their their kitchen, wherever they had to work. Uh, they're all different. It's some are better than others. We'll mm-hmm. see. Maybe these beers very well could taste different than they did at, at uh, Jimmy Carter Happy Hour. They could be oxidized. So sure, yeah, we'll see how. But I mean, we can always put that in our brains right? and acknowledge right. that. Yeah, and it'll make it a fair. It'll make it a fair judgment. I'm a very impartial judge, and I refuse to be too mean to anyone. Because if you can come to Flix, tear me apart. I'm on untapped. I'm Get partial. Here. Just give me money, and I'll I'll root real high. <laughs> I will take no money. Five stars. Now money, please. Money, please. <laughs> All right. Well, let's grab them. Right. Yeah, matching ones, so that's the only thing we need to take care. Oh yeah. You recording that? Recording that snap hiss? And this is part of the judging category. Is this nice snap hiss? I mean, they all sound like they have a decent amount of carbon. They all hissed. They all hissed. That's a good sign. That is a good sign. That is a good sign. Mostly good fill levels. A little high on a couple, but I mean, All right. better to be high fill than low fill. That was great. Love that noise. That was good. You can't hear it, but it was a beautiful pour sound. All right. Well, let's get on into the competition. First up, I believe it's a Blondale. We're not going to say names until we get to the, the winners, right? Right. Yeah, no, uh, don't call anybody out. Looking at it, uh, previous, you guys didn't get to hear it, but all the bottles did do a nice little snap hiss. Yeah. There might be that audio layered in somewhere when we get back into these, and there was a nice pour sound, but color is really good on it so far. Going into the smell. I mean, it has a bit more floral than I would have expected. I mean, Blondale, pretty wide style. I mean, it's it, you can have a little bit of hops. It can have, like, no hops. It can, have a, it, has, it can be a lot of everything, but it has a nice floral citrus nose to it, in my opinion. I don't want don't to fill your head with anything there, sir. As Nathan smells and tries the beer, swirling it around like a nice honey biscuit note on it too, which is which is very nice. I'm moving too far away from the mic because I'm trying not to. I'm waxing poetic about a beer. Nathan's taking notes. That's fine. He can take as many notes as he would like. He's going to cut out half of this audio because it's just me <laughs> rambling. <laughs> My first taste. With the smell and the aroma that I had, the body isn't quite as robust as I would have imagined that the body would have been. But it's I would I wouldn't say it's too thin by any stretch, but it is definitely not like off the smell. I thought I thought it was going to be a little bit more medium-ish body, not as light-bodied as it is. I wouldn't say it's thin though, so it's it's pleasant, and I do on that follow-through. I get a lot of that honey, a lot of that bread and a little bit of that citrus character which i assume is coming from uh, certain hops probably noble variety of hops that are in there yeah i mean when i was smelling it i'm like <clears throat> it's got it's a little little malty a little bit of like light light hop but it's just it's very sweet very sweet on the nose it smells a little it's a weird thing with me sometimes you can so i think you unplugged me how dare you? Did you turn them down? There you go. Ooh. You hear now? Cool. We're back. 
he couldn't hear us because he's got headphones on and now he can hear us again. I get a little bit of a slickness from it. I wouldn't, so potential diacetyl in there. Um, not like a ton. It's not like overwhelming to me at all. And I don't get a ton of it in the flavor. It has a lot of other, like the honey character, uh, the bread character is coming up a little bit more for me. But I do get, like I can, it's weird because sometimes you can like smell this. Like if you sometimes when you have like, diacetyl can be buttered popcorn can it can come off as all sorts of other things as like a sweetness or a slickness um i get a little bit in there but it's not like hitting me in the face with like popcorn which is what i hate about diacetyl problems it it, it comes off maybe as like a like a heart like a hard candy um sort of uh caramely note that comes off as like a, a slickness on, on 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 the aroma and a little bit on the taste but not bad like not overwhelming it yeah so for me again uh, speaking on behalf of the normies here, not a not a beer judge. This is my first time doing this. I'm gesturing my Welcome. hand in a circle about judging beer. I I did taste something uh, akin to popcorn, but I really enjoyed it. Hmm. So there there was something nutty. In I it mean, that I was that I was getting that for whatever reason that for one taste was kind of reminding me of like a hearty nutty popcorn and then on another taste i was getting some like <clears throat> like a some cracker some like a like a ritz so for me it's ritz coming cracker. like and it, it could be just like it comes off as like honey crisp cereal it comes off of like a cereal multi note like like children's see like a honey smacks or something like that and if there is any of that it's blended so well into that that i'm i'm not finding anything wrong with it and it, literally it's more of the smell i got and then now I'm trying to find it in the flavor, but the flavor is blended really well with that that crisp floral citrus with like a nice sweetness. Yeah, it's to a little it. it's a little dry as well to me. A little dry. Yeah. I, I don't think it's super dry. I mean, blonde like blonde ales can like once again the style guy. I think stylistically can go up to. I think they can go up to six percent almost, like to be a normal one, right? Just about to five and a half. Yeah, five and a half. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, it can range pretty well too, because it's a pretty open style. I mean, it's it's one of those styles where like there's so many good examples of it that's just super wide, and it could be all over the place. I honestly enjoyed it though; it's good. Mm-hmm. I guess I I was looking, my nose smelled something that my like I started to go look for, and I couldn't uh, put up. I tried to put up and not shut up, but I'll shut up because it tastes great. It's good. I could I would drink a full pint of this and be very happy and walk away. Because I really dig the nose on it, because it has that once again sweet, sweet honey crisp citrus thing going on with a little bit of floral. Very nice. So yeah, one, I've, good. And I finished off. I should leave uh, some. Wow. Oh, well, like, you're taking more. notes. Yeah. No, I finished off my taste and my mouth. Just the finish lingering is just very, very sweet, uh, like honey nut Cheerios. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just kind of like cereal. Yeah. Really nice. Which made it enjoyable for really me. Nice. <laughs> when you said it's dry, I was like, I don't think it's that dry. I think it has a nice sweetness to it. Nice residual, residual amount to it. All right. I think I think crisp was maybe the word I was looking for mm. before. Sure. Yeah. Maybe not dry, but crisp. That's sure. That's a good word. Crisp. Honey crisp. I think that's what I said. All right, let's move on to number two. Number two. We're having Scott actually pour us these beers. We're watching him. Oh, he's doing it. He's going to do it. He's doing the noise. Ooh, there was a little glug in there, too. Really enjoyed that. That was great. 
Now, I believe this is cold IPA. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, oh, he gives me a shrug. He knows what's going on. He knows what's going on. I mean, of the five beers, there's two that are light in color. So I'm going to go ahead and guess that this is this is the cold IPA. Um, I'm going to guess just based off of smell. I'm going to think I'm thinking they did use lager yeast on it and not. And if they listen to the young King James, apparently they were forced to use lager yeast. Cold IPA, new, still up and coming style. So it's cool to see homebrewers like. Like, that is the primo lit experiment. It's five gallons at a time, right? I mean, you share them to your friends. You take them to the guild, or you take them to the union meetings and stuff and share them with your friends. You get tips, you go back. So on that scale, it's so easy to keep redoing recipes and, like, tweaking them and trying new things and different stuff constantly. So it's a cool way to do things. True. It's not homebrew, though, unless you're changing at least five things at the same time. So I mean, to be honest, I change stuff all the time. Like, I don't get that often to be making seasonal beers back to back, but then the next year, a year is a long way apart, mm -hmm. changing the next batch. Or I do series of beers where every hazy is similar, but then you twist it and you change it. The nose is more subtle than I would have thought, but a lot of cold IPAs are more subdued than like in your face. I'm pounding you with just like over the top hops. I have not had a lot of cold IPAs yet. I haven't either. I think I've had one other in the... The best thing I can say so far is it tastes like like an orange mimosa kind of situation going on. Um, it's not as carb as I would have thought it was, but once again, bottle conditioning on anything on the homebrew level, even on the full scale level, can you can lose a little bit of that. I don't sense any oxidation, which is nice. Mm -hmm. The color is great. Mm -hmm. um, the listeners can't hear, but it's crystal clear. Honestly, it's it, the clarity on it is actually slightly better. Uh, than the Blondale, which yeah. is uh, impressive. Very impressive. Because a lot of the times, the cold IPAs, they can either be crystal clear. I've seen some. And some of them are hazy. Almost like a hazy, not quite a hazy IPA, but like a straw, you know, like a straw color. Less, less, a little bit less hazy. More like a, like a non-filtered pale ale. Like a, an old school, like OJ IPA from 515 from like five years ago. That kind of look. So there's a wide breadth. I'm going to guess they use lager yeast on it. It smells clean. It has a nice melon character, like um, like a honeydew, uh, like a honeydew musk melon sort of situation on it. Now, the other thing with cold IPA, it's uh, it hops are also all over the place. I don't think we've nailed down like what the style is because a lot of it's, it's India pale lager. Is it cold IPA? Do you want to be more on the IPA side? Do you want to be more on the IPL side? James could go off on a tangent all night about this one particular thing, but it's, it's nice. Yeah. I, I would have expected it to be drier. Yeah. To me, I, I've said, I've had one sip and then mostly because my first sip, the glass was so full that I got some up my nose. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I took, I took a sip. I've not been smelling it. The nose to me is like funky and like a light, light citrus. Mm -hmm. There's something little dank going on in there for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's... I'd be interested to know the hot bill on it. Something on there. Like a... Like a white whininess, like a grape note almost, too. Yeah. Like a... Like a Hollertau Blanc, which is... Sorry, Nathan, that's a hop. And it's... A, <laughs> it's got a lot of nice, grapey white wine notes to it. Which is actually one of the hops that we used in the uh, Fridays at Confluence collab that we did with Confluence. 
So I'll be happy to tell you Ooh. when you're done judging it. Ooh. When the you're done judging all of those. Oh. Yeah. I, I would love to know the hops. Do, is there I a did lo- reach out and I've got some information on that beer, but Hell yeah. just just to say it again, I'm I'm staying out of this. I'm I'm not until I have statistics I need brought up like what the high high point on ABV on a blonde ale is. He well, was there for <laughs> me. Right. What's the high point on cold IPA? Can you look that up in the BJCP guidelines? I don't think they exist. No, they don't. Unless you gotta go to IPL. Not that I know of. Uh, it starts uh, like a little lighter, a little crisp, and then it finishes with a lot. It finishes with a little bit more punch. Okay, so for me, I know these are two lighter colored beers, and they had ten pounds at the base malt. And, and maybe I'm just looking for a connection so far. But on these two beers so far, I'm getting that same. There's like a constant note between the two so far. That is that cereal note uh, not yeah, yeah. like it expresses itself slightly differently yeah but there's this similarity between the two and i mean it's easier on a lighter beer right because most of the flavor is coming from like a lot of that sweetness is coming straight from just the one base grain i'd be interested to know if they used any adjunct grain in it um we just did cold ipa here and it was basically pilsner malt and carafoam so very simple malt bill blonde ale i'm going to assume is also a very simple malt bill maybe with a couple like here or there amount of adjunct ingredients on that. But because the base of these seem fairly simple, I'm finding this common note between them that is that, like, it's not quite Honey Cheerios on the cold IPA, but there's, like, the same yeah. uh, character. And, I mean, if you try all of the Flix Hazy side by side, you can tell that the bases of them are similar. So yeah. I'm, I'm getting a sense from the grain, though, that it expresses itself very well. Yeah. Yeah, and for whatever reason, and I, <clears throat> I seem to get this... N- this flavor in uh, other sp- spirits that I like to drink, but my mouth right now and the finish is very like dry apple and apple peel. Okay. In my mouth right now. But not like, quite. Do you think it's green apple though? Because green apple would be a hint of acetaldehyde, which is like uh, a yeast stress mm-hmm. flavor. Um, and I mean, it doesn't happen super. Well, it depends on the lager yeast, I guess. But when you're pushing ale yeast, it happens a lot. Um, and if you're trying to over attenuate, you're trying to like, or if you under pitched, you're stressing your yeast out a lot mm. and you can get those flavors, uh, pretty often. I, I don't, it I seems don't more wine yeah. than apple for me. And I could see where you're coming from with that. It's just a very bright color. It's mm-hmm. a, I'm saying color when I'm picturing a flavor, which is interesting when you're just talking about tasting things, but I, I, Normally, when I smell the green apple, the orchardiness, I'm getting it straight away on the nose. Yeah. And where this, I'm not getting like orchard. Um, yeah, I. Uh, the more I drink it, the more I like what I taste and the finish. But the nose is is throwing me off right now. I. I don't. I think if, if it tasted what I smell right now, I don't think I would like it, but I like it a lot. Cause it doesn't whatever re for whatever funk I was describing before is or whatever funk I felt is, uh, there stronger now the, and it, is unpleasant to me in the smell, but everything else is really, really nice. When I you're like talking about the, the apple skin, I can see that in the lingering aftertaste more than I can in the active drinking of it. Oh, yes. Yeah. So For kind sure, of just how I was it thinking sits. aftertaste, like what my mouth is kind of, and I, as I'm it's a drier, I, definitely fruitier uh, finish on it, which honestly, in my opinion, works to its favor for 
whatever else is going on in the beer. Mm. Once again, I would take a whole pint of this, please. Mm-hmm. And I can mm-hmm. better assess it, too. I like that we're also having these, like, not hyper-cold. When you have things hyper-cold, it locks so much away. Oh, we're yeah. about to have, you know, a Porter, a Marson, and a Red IPA. And if you have those at 36 degrees, 32 degrees, you're not tasting everything that you should. Blondale, pretty simple. Cold IPA, same. But those hops, aren't. you're not getting the full expression of them. So I'm glad that we're not, like, drinking them right at 32. Yeah. It's a real drinking experience. But I also yeah. like experience, like, if we could, like, if we go back in time, drink all like and you're not ever to do do this when you're judging is i like having a beer in the full glass going from start to finish because the experience when you start right it's poured from a tap a bottle right out of the fridge to when it ends it's like a journey you go on and how the flavors change over time on it i'm i think i'm ready for number three i'm saving some you're a monster Dude, there's so much left in the I bottle. I know, but oh, yeah. I want to. I want to keep them there. I want to look at them. I want to side by side them. There's a second bottle, just in case you guys need a little mini best of show. <laughs> Gotta go back. We'll go back. That's such a good noise. Loving that. I think this. This is the Marzen, I think, instead of the. Red IPA. Smells like Marzen. Yeah. Smells like Marzen. Had a nice, I literally just gave it the first sniff test. Malty, toasty, caramel bread. Like, you know, just like perfectly toasted bread. It has a nice amber color to it. A little bit darker than I would have thought. It could be my glass, though. I'm trying to, uh, I'm, we're drinking out of these nice sample glasses. It's not a plastic cup, so we can actually see the color a little bit. It has a nice head on it. Of, of head retention wow. so far. I mean, it was just bored, but it seems to be holding its head a little bit more uh, than the other two did. But, uh, yeah. Listener, uh, that was the second beer that went straight up my nose. What are you doing? Do you, do you know how to drink beer? <laughs> he's so excited. Is this your first time? He's first not, time. He's, he's when he's getting these sample glasses, he's used to these sample glasses only having like a splash in it. You hand him a sample. <laughs> You can't trust this man's nose oh, yeah. anymore because it's half filled with carbonated beer. I was going to flush it with water and saline. Oh, stuff. yeah. I mean, I have a I have a station over there. I can flush it for you. It's kind of tobacco-y on the nose. It's, it's, it's more complex and not as simple as other Marsons are. Mm. Another thing, it, it calls itself an actual Marson, though, right? It's got... Not just Oktoberfest. So they're calling it, yep. Okay. Uh, seems like it maybe has more body than I'd be used to. A little bit higher body. Um, and a little bit more complex. I mean, Marsons can, once again, traditionally, a lot of them are brewed exactly the same, but can be fairly different. It's a little bit more body than I was expecting. A little bit sweeter than I was expecting. A little bit chocolatier than I was expecting. The nose is pretty... Pretty good for like, you know, what I would think of when I think Martin, like over the top, just on the top first instincts, just smelling it right away. I was like, yeah, that's definitely Martin. I taste it. I get a lot of chocolate, uh, which, you know, tasting wise, if like this is once again, well, I'm tasting this beer and I'm comparing this beer. Now, when I compare this to Martin, I go, this tastes a bit more chocolatey, a little bit more, a little bit more character than I'm used to drinking Martin. You go think about all of the ones. I mean, we've tasted a few of them. We talked about a few of them. Uh, talk about 
a lot of call people call them Oktoberfest, but ours is a Martin upstairs and it's raisiny, more raisiny and more fruit fruity, which I also am not the biggest fan of in Martins, but to differentiate itself. And if this is trying to differentiate, I'm, I'm steamrolling you, Nathan. If you have anything to say, please, please. No, I'm just still, I'm still thinking. I'm still experiencing it. It's clean. Yeah. Which is good. Like if we're going to, if I'm looking for imperfections outside of the style and whatever, it's clean. It honestly tastes more like it, it. It's nice. It's clean. It tastes more like a brown, like a, an amber, like more of a brown color than, man, I keep doing colors and, and shapes instead <laughs> of like actual uh, verbal significance of anything. More like a brown ale, honestly, yeah. than like a Martin, I would think it is. It is a bit darker than I was. Like, yeah. And it's not and more I mean, amber. I mean, it's got a nice red. It looks nice. Yes. But it's darker than I was expecting. Yeah. And it's not, uh, it's, so, it's not as like, like sweet bread, like malty mm-hmm. sweet that you would expect that I've like, I've had from like other Marsons and Oktoberfest. Like I said, tobacco on the nose and I, I still get like a, a I still get like a nice tobacco, uh, <clears throat> on it as well. Like, like, like cigar, like leaf tobacco, like whole, like pipe tobacco. Um, yeah, I'm used to getting really more nice. of that stuff on like imperial stouts and darker, like scotch ales can sometimes have that too. It's definitely as clean as it is. Definitely lagers. Good job on that. I mean, that's as like home brewing lagers and lagers in general are like a good a sign of a good brewer is making sure that they're clean and you're not having any yeast imperfections from it. And on a homebrew level, that can be so hard to do. Because you're talking about with the lagers, temperature controls. You're ha- you have to make sure that it's consistent, so you're not stressing out the yeast at all. Um, all right, Scott, if you want to, if you want to be my BJCP man, what's the top of the SRM on on uh, Martin for everything? I'm going to guess that it's probably like 18, maybe. Oh yeah, real close. Eight to 17 is the range. Okay, okay. So this, so this, I think is definitely on the top of that. I would, I would venture to guess this is well on the top of that end i was like there's a reason i've studied this stuff in the past thanks studying in the past but uh definitely on the darker side which could be like and depending on how and how you're coloring oh thank you depending on how you're coloring the beer um so yeah like if you look at this if you yeah, if yeah, you yeah. turned this more i'm looking at an srm guideline here if you turn this 17 on this little thing a bit more red that's yeah. what i'm seeing yep because it's definitely going to be in between that 13 and it, it could be past that 17, but the shades of it is like 17 SRM. That's Brown. is going to be this different than 17 SRM. That's red. And like, that's cause it's not a perfect scale either. Just like most oh, things yeah. in brewing, like I be like the, I like the, it, the bittering units is such like imperfect scale. Cause a, a stout could be 42 IBU and or 72 IBU and a, an IPA can be 72 IBU, but you, how you perceive that bitterness is nowhere near the same thing. True. True. There's no way you're going to call it out to the exact IBU. Yeah. So for this, like I'm betting that how dark it got was based off of the grains that they use. So maybe they use some more, uh, you know, less German grain and more like a UK grain. Cause man, it tastes, I'm getting this pale chocolate character that I get from uh, like Simpsons, uh, pale chocolate, mm-hmm. which I don't hate, but it has the beer is good. But I, I think it's, it's definitely more. It's more than I was expect, expecting for a Martin. Yeah. Once again, though, 
I would drink a pint of this. This is nice. It's clean. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as like that chocolate flavor, like it tastes, it tastes like um, if you were to take like a, like a cocoa powder, mix it into butter and spread that on toast. But I don't taste butter. I'm just saying the consistency, that nice silkiness mm-hmm. of it. I keep saying, because I'm trying to describe how it would taste scraped over bread. Because <laughs> it still tastes like, it tastes like toast covered with like a chocolate spread. Which is good. But I, I wouldn't expect that out of most Martins. And I, w- I would venture to guess that ABV range, I think it might be higher than, I. man, here I go again. Top out on a Martin is probably like 5.54 five, maybe. Uh, ooh. Marzen range 5.8 to 6.3. Ooh. Oh. So then it is, it's definitely in there. Because I guess when people are calling things Oktoberfest, they shoot for lower. So people can, that's, I guess, what you call a fest beer, right? Yeah. Fest beer is light. Fest beer, light beer. Three and a half to four. Somewhere in there, four and a half maybe. So when people are making Oktoberfest and call them a Marzen, I'm betting they're shooting lower, even though a traditional Marzen for March could be higher than that. That's higher than I was expecting. See, I don't, I don't hit it out. I, I know color, I guess, and I'm not nailing it on an ABV. Hmm. 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 Take that to the BJCP. Yeah, really I have, nice. I have notes, BJCP. Really nice. I don't. <laughs> I wish you guys would redo your stuff more than every five years for the main redo, but is what it is. So they did actually just redo it. I saw they added a couple things. They added tropical stout, though. They didn't add like the things I thought they were going to add. What did they they renamed uh, New England IPAs just a hazy IPA, which makes sense. Yeah, I mean, because it was confusing. Some people called it one way, some called it the other. Um, what what I didn't like is that they they released it at the very end of 2021. Yep. So they're calling it the 2021 guidelines that came out basically in 2022. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of competitions couldn't use it yet. Because the beers that were brewed were brewed before that guideline was released. Mm. So competitions had to still be using the 2015, 2018. And I guarantee the the guidelines on New England IPA at the start of 2021 were what, I mean, they were already behind the eight ball when hazy IPAs started coming through like hard. And I think they try, I know they try to update it a couple times, but like the big ones every five years. And I would like to see that more often, but which, I mean, it's a big, huge company, and beer changes oh, yeah. so often. If they wanted to change it for beer, they'd have to be changing it like daily. Right? Because where's the West Coast Pills, James? You're out there. <laughs> He's gonna listen to this episode. He'll love that I said that. Smoothie sours. I don't want to talk. Is that beer anymore? Pastry sours. <laughs> it's not beer anymore. Smoothie seltzers. Shall all we move that. on to oh. number four? <laughs> Number four. I'm really impressed with all three so far, though. Yeah, these have all been really, really nice. Compared to the homebrew I was making, garbage. I talked over that. That was such a good... I mean, I can add another one in post. Oh, this is going to give us real ideas for head retention in a real glass. (laughs) All right, if if these last two win, we're going to blame it on the glass, (laughs) y'all. Color on this one's great, too. Or it could just be our preference for style. <laughs> I mean, so Flix used to brew a red IPA, but it was a Belgian red IPA. Um, so it was a very interesting. Oh, it was um, wow. Simcoe, Amarillo, Chinook, um, and a couple other things. I can't remember. Clarity-wise, this is probably uh, the worst of them so far. But, I mean, it's an IPA. You're not crashing. You're not biofining. Not the most surprising thing on the planet. 
I mean, I see myself in the glass. I'm not seeing even through it. It's just full reflection. Yeah, I can't see my. Well, that doesn't help that we're now we're in a <laughs> snifter, and that, you know, shape of glass can do a lot for how you're looking at it. But definitely, it's the. It's definitely clarity wise, it's worse of the bunch. But once again, red IPA doesn't necessarily have to be the most brilliant thing on the planet. And I, I, I can still see this. The red hue is great though when I'm pu- putting it up to the light. It's very nice. It definitely is red. It's not brown. Yeah. The nose is good. I'm not. I'm, I'm always interested to see what people are putting into red IPAs now. Because like I said, Flix used to have one. Very old school, uh, piney, uh, resiny sort of situation going on. So first smell on this one, that's kind of what I'm getting. So it's a bit more old school. Um, I mean... It, I don't know when this was brewed. Maybe you have that data for us too at the end of this, Scott. But I would I would venture to guess that hops-wise, right, when you start drinking IPAs, and I've drank a lot of IPAs in my life, and I've drank a lot of IPAs that have been sitting around for like a month. Mm. And these were already been, these were already judged, you said two weeks ago, Jimmy Carter, right? Yes, mm. correct. So yeah. previous to that, who knows how we'll find out when they were brewed, I guess. But uh I just off the smell for me, I'm like. Yeah, it's it's aged a little bit, and I mean, once again, homebrew bottling, right? It's just like can be a crapshoot. So hops, hop, I'm sending beers into competitions, and guess what? I'm using I'm using a Blickman beer gun, and it's hard it's hard to compete with any professional brewery when you're like comparing like they have a professional canning line and all that sort of stuff. I mean, a lot of homebrewers just they fill their bottles, they do the they feed the they refeed the yeast and bottle condition things, and then you know, test it every few weeks before it's ready to go, crash it down, and boom, there you go. Not not everyone's kegging stuff either. So it's a big game on uh, how you're doing it. What Do you do you like kegging things better, or do you like bottling things better, Scott? Oh, kegging so much better. I just skip, started, just started skip bottling. that bottling altogether. Mm-hmm. I actually was lucky enough, um, I was lucky enough to get kegs when I started brewing. So I, I, I got to skip the whole bottling process. And so the only bottling I would do would be for uh, competition. Or um, if you guys want to tell a quick story during uh, COVID. So one of the things that affected our club, there was no Jimmy Carter happy hour. So we had to come up with another way to keep our club active for a year. And, uh, our club president at the time had a had a nice big beer fridge in his basement, and what we would do, people would bottle off a six pack of beer, drop it off on his porch, send him a text message, let him know that they had just dropped off. He would come out, uh, and he left a cooler with hand sanitizer out on his porch. We'd drop off a six pack, let him know. He'd come out and grab it, put it in his fridge. When everyone dropped off, he would rearrange those six packs, and then we would arrange for a pickup. So then you could come back and get a mixed six pack of other people's beers. And then we would come back for a, a Zoom meeting and we could try each other's beers. That's dope. That's yeah. a cool yeah, that's awesome. thing. Now, I guess you guys stopped that, though. Yeah. It, it, that's I mean, that's hard. That was really probably hard to organize, though. It, was, it, it took a little bit of work, but it was awesome. It was really good. And you get back on and, uh, you know, there's nothing like Jimmy Carter happy hour in person, you know, getting to talk to the brewer, ask them what they used while you're sampling it. But it was the next best thing. You know, you were talking to them uh, on Zoom 
and they're explaining what they used while six people got to try it. And then maybe six to 12 more people were sitting there uh, upset that they didn't get to try that one. Right. You know? yeah. They're wishing, ah, I wish I had gotten that one. But yeah, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to go back to Zoom, but yeah, absolutely but, not. Yeah, but yeah, it was good. Well, that's cool. Uh, going back to this beer, I'm back on the. It has that slickness back to it, and definitely, I'm sensing a bit of the. Uh, uh, the hops cover it pretty well, and um, lots of people fall victim to it. Gift definitely get a little bit of diacetyl on this one, and it's all. It's honestly not terrible. It's just a hint of it. Um, and it's like right under the first part of the hops. It's a it's a slickness on the tongue more than it is like a buttered popcorn corniness. Um, what I'm happy to say about it, it's like some. Have you ever had uh, the beers with the creamed corn? I haven't had that yet. And oftentimes be- beers with Pilsner malt and stuff like the first two beers I'm going. Well, it's it's a pale malt, right? It's technically not a Pilsner malt. Um, the Miller's malt, the Genie, Genie Pale Ale malt, I assume is what it's called. Scott. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so probably not as susceptible to it as other stuff, but like a blonde ale or a cold IPA, if you're using like all Pilsner, like sometimes like if you're not boiling long enough or if it's not super well modified, you can get like a, a DMS creamed canned corn sort of flavor. And I'm very happy I've had tasted that. It's one of my least favorite off flavors in beer. Um, if you go like if you were to rank my least like my top terrible off flavors in beer, that's definitely up there. And then like um your band-aidiness um, oh, yeah. of the, like the super phenolic flavors that are like band-aid medicinal herb sort of thing. That's up there too. How about formaldehyde? Formaldehyde? <laughs> I love it. Knock me out. I had a friend. He, <laughs> he brewed a home-brewed uh, stout and he added scotch to it. Oh, okay. And one of our... It was not good right away, and he let it, he forgot about it. A couple years later, he tried it and was like, "Oh, this is like much better." Okay, I don't but know where the story is going. One of our friends, for whatever reason, as he was drinking it, so he's a he is a he's a physical therapist. So he's mm-hmm. he was in med, med school or whatever, and for whatever reason, that Scotch Stout reminded him of formaldehyde weird so he just like he could not so he had like a weird ptsd from uh working <laughs> in school and stuff yeah i had it i, I thought it was great i loved it but i did not <laughs> not remind me of that at all uh <laughs> going back to this one though other than yeah. the thing i just said it has a citrus character i'm gonna guess there's cascade in it like i, I i'm betting there's cascade in it um just from like it has like it has the it's it tastes like a traditional like it sounds like an insult, like a 90s style IPA, like a darker in color. I mean, this is darker. It has a little bit more malt character yeah. to it, like a nice raisin chocolate note coming from the malt. But like if you think back to the 90s style IPAs, a lot of Cascade, a lot of uh, a lot of other more like common, easy to find hops. And it, I'm getting a lot of that from it. And outside of the like the little bit of it, I mean. I think the hops taste a little old, so I'm going to guess it was brutal a while ago. I would like to taste this a bit more fresh, like like day one, like mm-hmm. not day one, but like sometimes hops take a little bit to fall off. But I would like to taste it like closer to um, the day of bottling for it, because yeah. I think that would help it shine a little yeah. bit more, which I mean, any oftentimes beer doesn't age perfectly. Any IPA mm. will do yeah. that for you. It's not barley wine, so I don't expect it to be <laughs> barley wine. But I mean, it's I got s- s- I've still had a lot worse like you know like 
home brewing's hard and it's just like but people are still putting out better beers than some some perf- like professional I, yeah brewers i would do. say i still I've, like, I've it's had, still better than other red ipas i've yeah, had on professional yeah. levels yeah i would definitely yeah i agree to all that i would say it's got some nice nice bitterness to it if i were to shoot in the dark i would guess like i know you guys were talking earlier about how like you know ibus are kind of yeah, you know, kind of, kind of hard to. I'm gonna guess quantify, 40. but I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna guess around like 45, 50. Yeah, and I, I, I'm more sensitive to bitter. I, I honestly wish it was people. more bitter. I'm such a weirdo, though. Like, <laughs> I like them. Like, I would like it to be more bitter, but once again, it could have been more bitter when the beer came out. Yeah. Like when he first put the beer in the bottle, because the, as the hops fall off, you're not getting as like the perceived bitterness is gonna go down. So it could technically be higher in IBU calculation, but still low. But a lot of trends nowadays, like people are doing colder side hops. They're chilling their whirlpools down before doing it because you want to get the most expression out of your hops instead of getting the IBUs. They're dropping the degrees on even potentially on the dry hop. They're dropping it down a few degrees before they dry hop because like if you're doing it in your basement, like if you take it from your upstairs to your basement, maybe you're dry hopping at like 64 instead of, you know, 72 to 74 um, and that's pretty pretty big trend even in professional brewing is dropping your whirlpool temps and adding those to get more. You're spending so much money on hops, and a lot of people don't like the bitterness. But I like I like a balance. And with a red IPA, I expected more. Yeah. But once again, I bet that if I had it as it was being bottled, I bet it had more bitterness to it. Yeah. So as I I just took a sip, and as I as I swallow, I get some nice bitterness, and then the immediate finish is so it's 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 drying with the bitter. Mm-hmm. And the immediate uh, aftertaste is pretty, pretty sweet, pretty malty. I mean, classic red IP, red IPA. It's perfect. I mean, I think your grain bill on the whoever's grain bill this was. I think the grain bills you nailed it. I think the malt backbone on this is really good. The color is really good. I wish it was a little bit more brilliant colored. But I mean, once again, red IPA bottle conditions, blah blah blah. I mean, I'm not going to hold it back for being not as brilliantly clear as all of the other beers have been so far. So I'm not going to knock it against it. Yeah. Once again, would like, would like to experience a full pint. And like, if I'm saying that it's, it's, I'm already, it's already on the positive side for me. So I might not drink a full pint, but I think that might be more my preference for styles. I think it is, I think it's a great beer. It doesn't have any maple and it doesn't have any granola in there for you. (laughs) Sorry, Nathan. I got into craft beer through hard cider. So clearly I've got a sweet tooth. That's fair. <laughs> I like but, well, but, we've but, already but, talked but, about. It doesn't nice, matter. It's nice. Well, I mean, so far the, my top beer so far is not what I would have expected. Oh, so, I'm interested to hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. My, I'm going about where I expected so far, just based off of hearing what the styles were, but we'll find out after the next one. I'm very excited. Yeah. So, if we talk about darker beers in general, so, and we've talked about it on the podcast before, I got into uh, liking craft beer because of my wife, my wife, but my intro to it was dark beer. And uh, dark beers in general are like, I love dark beer. Um, so complex, such wide range of everything. Um, I just can't not want to listen to that. Right. <laughs> that sounds so I'm just going to stop. Oof. Audio texture is great. Mm, 34. So this is robust porter, 35. right? English porter. English porter. 34, 35. 
I got dinged at an IBU open once for a robust porter I entered into it because my robust porter was 8%. <laughs> and I knew it was. That's a little high, right? I, yes. Okay, okay. Yes, okay. quite high. <laughs> uh, quite high, yes. Yeah, I feel like 8, 8%, for me, 8% is like a morning My beer. goal, <laughs> I had just switched equipment, and my goal was to brew a robust porter I'd brewed before, but based off my new equipment, I got way better efficiency out of the grain. <laughs> And I, I wasn't mad. I was like, yeah, I want actual notes off of this. So I went and I was like, I got, I'll enter the competition just to get notes, like actual notes on it. And I got some notes back and it was, it was, they were good notes. People liked it. They were like, it doesn't fit the category, <laughs> but people were, people were very nice about it. They were like, it has good flavor, but you probably shouldn't have put it in. <laughs> so what should, for rust, robust border, what should the high end be ABV wise? I think that it's close to six. Okay. It could, I, it might even be lower than that actually. Cause Porters in general, if you remember, like if you talk about how porters started, they're supposed to be like a shift, like a shift person's beer. The porters are drinking this beer. So I think the low end's actually pretty low. I'm going to guess four, two, and I'm going to guess the top end's five, four. That's my guess. Scott can double check us on that. But so it's the English porter, yeah, 4.0 to <laughs> 5.4. I'm in the wheelhouse, yeah. baby. Yeah. It's like I do this for a living. Holy Real hell. close, yeah. <laughs> Like I don't, I'm not looking it up. It's just off the dome. Better be. Ah, oh, this nose on this is great. Coffee and roast, loving that. Color wise, it's lighter than I would have thought it would be, but it's still. I'm pretty sure it's within. Uh, if if Imperial Stout can start at 30 SRM, I'm pretty sure English <laughs> Porter can be there as like just under 30 as well. Blew my mind the other day when I was like, I wonder what the SRM on Imperial Stout is. Because yeah. I'm betting that it starts at like 35, 36. It starts at 30. I'm like, that's insane to me. Holy that's cow. brown. That doesn't scream stout to me at all. No. But when you think of like older style Imperial Stouts, like I had a uh, Sam Smith Imperial Stout. And that was not nearly as dark as I would have expected. But that's such an old beer, older style I was, I mean, it was, it was very tasty, but it was so different from modern Imperials. That's true. That's fair. Uh, but color wise, a little bit lighter than I would have thought more amber in color than I would have thought, but definitely still like in our glass, Scott's holding it up. Our glass, it looks a little bit better than your, once again, glasses make the beer look different y'all. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely more, it, I think it's leaning definitely more on the brown than black side. It has a little bit of a reddish hue to it. And it's a stout you, glass, right? Like that's kind of what is, is that what the style? What 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 is this? Man, this is I don't. This is a tulip of some variety, right? right. And the great taste. I don't like it, it. It's a fat stemmed tulip. Yeah, it's real stocky at the end though too. So it's, it doesn't not as thin towards the actual stem as it should be. In my opinion, it should be more like the uh, yeah, goblet yeah, for sure. The, the Belgian style glasses. Man, I don't know if my nose is way off, but I definitely got your coffee roast, but I also get like a a, a Belgian yeast ban- light banana y thing in it. It's more of a fruitiness more than it is. I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's banana. I would say like um like cooked fruit. Um, like a. I would if you're gonna say banana, I would say maybe banana bread more well, than yes, banana yes, itself for sure. And I think that's more of like a caramel dark fruit than it is a specific banana like a it has like a berry texture and bananas technically are a berry right but and it kind of uh, reminds me of like a, a hefeweizen became a porter hmm, <laughs> i'm not getting any of that i'm not getting any of that it's not now, near totally fine <laughs> i mean you drank too much beer up your nose so you can't taste anything <laughs> now. 
I haven't tasted it yet. So, so I, don't, I don't get any of that. <laughs> I definitely get a fruitiness to it, which is perfectly acceptable. Um, this is dope. This this one's dope. Oh, I'm digging yeah. that. Uh, the coffee isn't overpowered. Raisin. I mean, it's not actually coffee. Raisin, yeah. Like, it's a, it's a dark cur- cooked dark fruit. Dark fruit, dates. Yep. See, that's more what I'm smelling, like a maybe pepper. a berry. But not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said banana because I think, I think you're nose blind. I think I am. He's not nose blind, y'all. He drinks enough beer. He's fine. (laughs) Maybe he doesn't shove it up his nose constantly, but, but the the coffee flavor I'm getting, it just blends super well into a, a nice pale chocolate. It's super, it has a great body to it. I haven't talked a lot about the body since the first couple, um, but the body on this one is perfect. It's like. It's not, it doesn't feel super heavy. Like it's not like sitting poorly in my, like, like as I sit here with it, like I could pound, like, like a porter should be. I could pound this boy back. Like, oh yeah. If it, like it's almost the perfect weather outside and that's putting my bias online. It's almost the perfect weather outside <laughs> for this beer right now. It is cold. Yeah. It's like the high tomorrow is like 25 or 28 or something like that. Really nice roast. Really nice roast on it. That's great. So once again, got into craft beer, Black Butte Porter. I drank a ton of when I lived Ooh, in yeah. when I lived in Portland and in the Northwest, and that's really those types of beers got me into it. Um, McMinimins that my wife worked at, they had a thing called um, the Black Widow Porter, and it was stronger. Um, this I'm gonna I'm gonna bet this th- whoever brewed this nailed it. I'm gonna guess this is like four seven. I don't know if you have those notes, but I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. We can we can add we can put it at the end. I'm messaging to get that right now. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean the first the first craft the first beer I had that wasn't a cider. I guess I get ciders on beer, but whatever. The first alcohol I drank that wasn't cider that I loved was Tallgrass uh, Brewing's Zombie Monkey Zombie porter. Monkey American Porter. That is what got me into dark beer. So, with Zombie Monkey though, in American porters, there's a lot more hops on it, right? Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot more bitterness to it. Yeah. This, I'm going to guess some EKG and some, maybe some Fuggle, and that's probably about all that went into this bad boy because it is perfectly balanced. It's not sweet. Mm. It has a nice, it has a sweetness to it, but it's not, I wouldn't say this beer is sweet. No. I would say it's very well balanced. It's nice and malty. It's super complex. Like that coffee just blends so well so well into everything else like it's making me want to go back and drink more well i don't think the color nailed it i think everything else about it so far is nailing it and i don't have it's once again it's pretty clean i mean ale yeast can be fruity anyway i mean especially those english style ale yeast depending on what they used like a london five maybe or even like uh i mean you could have even done like a 007 or even like a Scottish ale yeast and gotten a lot of these similar ones, but a lot of the sometimes the other ones come off as more fruity. I'm gonna guess it's just like London, London three, London five, something like that for yeast, because like it's pretty subdued the yeast character on it, and what's there is once again that dark fruit character potentially coming from the yeast, potentially coming from whatever they use to color uh, the beer. Because depending on what you're using to color the beer, you could be getting. Some of those characteristics from that too. Yeah, this is so nice. I'm betting it's under five percent though, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love. Slam it. We're getting back to a day 
where beer can be under 5% and not be laughed at because no one's like, I just want to get drunk off of this. Cause yeah. you thought a lot of times craft beer, people were like, I don't like drinking craft beer. I get too drunk too fast. Yeah. I, I want to drink craft beer. I like doing this cause I can get drunker faster. Cause when I was just out of college, I went back to my hometown of Newton. I hung out with some high school friends and they were all super into Blanc Fatale from Peachtree. <laughs> And I was like, huh, interesting choice for you guys. Cause I know they weren't super big craft beer drinkers. And I go, well, why do you guys like this beer? It's a, it's a Belgian beer. It has all these sorts of other flavors going on. Oh, it's like 9%. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, I can see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've grown a lot since then. And actually I, some of them still do like that beer. Um, but a lot of them like have moved past and moved on to other, other beers. But like that was at a time when everyone was like, oh, I just want to get drunk. So right. I feel like craft at that time, a lot of people were just boosting ABVs because it is part of what set craft beer apart from domestic beer was yeah. the higher ABVs because yeah. they wanted to seem, I don't want to be water, so I'm going to be different. So I'm happy we're going back because yeah. loggers are making a big resurgence, yeah. lower ABV stuff, more sessionable stuff, and a little bit more welcoming to people that don't like. Yeah, for sure. Quote unquote craft beer that's the five though we've had all five the color it's a nice little brown to brown to gold rainbow we got going on here oh yeah i didn't notice you saved a little bit of each i know because i gotta go back and have them side by side to find out which ones i like i mean you have more i could have but yeah we do have another bottle if you needed to do a mini best of show Mm. i mean i okay so do we want to do a top five and cut it out and then decide of two, do you want to go our top two each and just and throw? Oh, you have a top two. So we'll see who's which if our top twos line up. And then we'll argue over why our one of whatever our two is. And then we'll do whatever our ones are. Yeah. They could match. They could not match. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to put them in an order. I'm just going to give two out that yeah. are on my upper to side. Yep. You ready for it? Yep. I'm going to go with the cold IPA, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go with the English Porter. Oh, weird! That's so strange because I am also going with the cold IPA and the English Porter. Oh, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so why why the cold IPA? You seemed down on it when we were talking about it. I. Oh, you man. see, well, I mean, that's just my when I was trying to read yeah. your face and stuff. You seemed down on it versus the other stuff. So I was. Like I said, I th- I think my nose might be off today. I was thrown off by something in the nose. But as I was drinking it, I just it was so it was really complex. Like there was a there's a lot going on there that I really really enjoyed. And that was the one that I didn't expect that I would enjoy. Okay. I've had one other cold IPA. I did not like it. I think it was probably well brewed as brewed by a Great brewery uh, here Name in Iowa. Drop them. Do it. I dare you. Barntown Chili Billy. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I, did, I, I, love, I love Barntown, but I just, I, I didn't care for it at all. So I was apprehensive coming into it. And I was like, Ooh, okay, I'm probably not going to like this one. But as I drank it, I just was so impressed by... Let me pull my phone out really quick. You got to pull uh, his notes I, I up. Took, I took some notes just as like, yeah, I was just so impressed. Like it, 
<clears throat> I took the most notes on the blonde because that was the first beer we drank and mm-hmm. had the least amount of buzz. So clearly I was able to write more at the time, but I wrote specifically, I like this more than I like the blonde. Sure. So there was just some really, all of these beers have been excellent. And I've been very impressed by them. Um, like Jack was saying earlier, like there are some of these beers that <clears throat> if I had, if I went to El Bate or the Iowa tap room and had a, a pour of this, I would get another, like I would be so impressed to have this next to, you know, any other brewery in Iowa or any other brewery like that we get like regionally as well. Like these hold up. These were very good. I liked all of them, but there was something about that cold IPA that just spoke to me. Yeah. And for the Porter, it's a Porter. I'm a dark beer boy. <laughs> Tis the season. Tis too. the season. Yeah. So it just was like, it just, it hit right. Um, you know, I, I tend to like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pastry stout guy. So I like sweeter stuff, but when I have something that is more, Reserved, subdued, maybe more matching to uh, style and, and and older styles too. When it's done so well, I'm very impressed by it. True. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I do like this as well, and I like this uh, to 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 shake up kind of what I'm drinking. You know, you can't only drink, you know, palate wrecking like monster beers like. You drink a really well executed, approachable beer, and you're impressed by it. Mm-hmm. I think that's about that's what that especially the porter is really approachable, well executed, meaning to style. Like when I when I think of uh when I think of like a, a founders. Sure. Like they are like you, you want the style of what the beer is supposed to be, here you go. And it's great. Like I, th- I think of this beer like that. Of like, this is this meeting the style. It's well executed. And there's, but there was just something about that cold IPA that yeah. I really liked. I think for me, that thing for the cold IPA was its uniqueness because yeah. once again, it's a new style. It's different. Everyone's brewing it differently. This one definitely tasted way different than other cold IPAs they've had, and it definitely set itself apart from a Martin, a Blondale, you know, a Red IPA. I know what to expect from those. I know what to expect from an English porter. I know what to expect. Cold IPA, I go, I'm not sure because there aren't solid. I love that. (laughs) There aren't solid. Like, this is what it has to be. I go, I'm in for an adventure when I taste a cold IPA, you know? I don't know what I'm in for, and that excites me. So when I taste it, I go, oh, I didn't expect that. And it tastes good. So I think just the uniqueness-wise made it stand out. Um Head retention wise, I'm betting they probably only use the base grain with all the oils from the hops and stuff. Probably killed the head on it. Probably could have used some other adjuncts to help head retention on it. But like mine's been sitting there for a bit. The red IPA and the porter have had the best head retention as they just sit in my glass and just chill for a bit. The blonde ale, like nothing. Martin, nothing. Uh, cold IPA, nothing on as head retention wise. Um, but I mean, if you're just using the base grain and then adding a crap ton of hops to it, you're not going to have the greatest head retention on the planet without using a ton of adjunct or some adjunct at all. 
I have that problem here sometimes. So specifically the Mexican lager, which is a style <laughs> notorious for having poor head retention, which is funny. Those international lagers or Austro Latin American lagers, I guess, are notorious for having poor head retention. Thank you, BJCP, on that one too. So this can be cut out, but how? Imp- what? So what does head retention do practically, or how important is that? Is it? Is it? Is it a texture thing? Is it an aroma thing? For me, what it's is- an aroma thing, okay. and it's. Um, I mean, it's it 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 also is an identifier sometimes of like body uh, okay. aroma. Okay. Um, just, uh, sometimes, and sometimes it's quality of cleanliness too. So if you have a non beer clean glass, which also could have been the issue with those other two, um, because we're tasting out of sample glasses from the brewery. Yeah. If they're having poor head retention, it could be poor sanitizing techniques, poor, you know, cleanliness yeah, and yeah, yeah. soap or anything can kill the head on a beer. Yep. So that could be a signifier of the head mm-hmm. retention too. So having a beer that has good head retention is a good sign. Normally, when you drink it out of a glass, you want to see some lacing, too, but these glasses weren't going to because they live in the brewery. The ones from upstairs might have a little bit of it, but not a ton for the ones that we use downstairs, down here for work sampling on brew days. Yeah. But uh, I, I, aroma factor. I mean, if you okay. look at, like, slow pour stuff right now, that key to that is, like, great head retention and nice, thick, stable foam. Yeah. And it's all a part about the drinking experience more than it is about and texture while drinking it more than a lot of other things, but it does help produce aroma. So, okay, cool. Thanks for answering that. So yeah, uh, Jack, I waxed poetic about the two beers for a little while. Give it, give us, give us your juice. I I said the most unique thing yeah. was the cold IPA. Yeah. Now for the Porter. Yeah. It is clean. It is tasty. It's hitting the spot. It's one of my favorite styles of beer, which definitely elevates it. But even if, even if I separate that from everything else, it is a prime example. Outside, I wish it was a shade darker. Outside of that, it is like the the example of Porter, which I can't say that the other ones that are in these top two do. Yeah. The red IPA, I had some issues with. So, And once again, hops can be different. But outside the grain bill, I thought that, and once again, could have been older, and that's fine. And if we tried it, maybe I would be like, that is red IPA. Martin definitely wasn't what I was expecting when I tasted it. Still good, fine, but it wasn't what I was expecting, and it hit me in some other places, but still fine. Blondale, honestly, still, let me go back and smell it. Still has that citrus, still has that floral to it, but, uh, you know, it, it it's Blondale, and I think there are better ones, but, like, this, I, if you handed me this blind... And you said, guess where it came from? I'd be like, did you just hand me something from like, you know, a Surly, uh, the Boulevard or something? I honestly would have thought that this could have been a commercially brewed, a Summit. They have they have one too, a commercially brewed porter. Yeah. And props to everybody for bottling, by the way, because we were worried about oxidation issues and there weren't any oxidation issues. So, no. Shout out to everybody that was participating in this because oxidation is killer on it. And uh, this was great. But this stood out so much from the other ones just because of it's, it's clean, it has a great blend of flavors. And I think it nails itself stylistically, according to the BJCP. We'll find out afterwards if I'm wrong. 
I'll eat crow some other time, but yeah. <laughs> I liked it the best. And I, I am fairly personally biased against it. I would say nowadays Porter isn't up there for me, but it's yeah. what got me into beer. Yep. And I think it's yep. a prime example of Porter. So, yeah. So I think between the two, if I am to choose for me, the winner, it's going to be the cold IPA. Really? It is. So for me, I was so pleased and surprised by it that that is that is what pushes it above the porter for me. I love the porter, but I love a lot of porters, and I haven't had a lot of cold IPAs, but what I've had, aside from today, I have not liked. Hmm. So <clears throat> that moves the cold IPA for me to the top top of the ranking. So for me, it's definitely the porter is my number one, has to be. And it's because there are flaws I can taste in the cold IPA. Mm. There are underlying things. I think there could be a little bit of diacetyl in there. Yeah. I think it could have been slightly better hopped. Uh, once again, the head retention thing going forward. Um, I just went back and had it again. Like, I mean, I, it's still enjoyable, but I don't think it like, and once again, it's hard to nail down the style, but I don't think it can even match like brewing quality wise, like I can't, I can't tell what they were going for in the water in this one, mm, mm. which once again, cold IPA, not a standard who knows which water, like water profile they were trying to go after because were they trying to go after a Czech lager style of water and then hop it from there? Were they trying to go after American lager? Were they trying to go after like West coast IPA water? I can't tell this one. I can almost guarantee they did water balancing in this and tried to replicate English water. Yeah. With like a hard minerality that helps promote a lot of those yeast characters. When the yeast eat that water and have that, the mineral content in that water help produce those flavors. And I, and I might just play, play my, a mind game with myself, but I think the brewer on that one definitely did a lot of water balancing that I can identify on that. Well, this one I'm like, I don't know. So from a brewing mm, mm. technicality standpoint, I still like this one better than this one. If you were to give me, if it wasn't cold outside, and if it was 100 degrees outside, I think I might choose the cold IPA to drink Yeah, yeah. over the porter. Yeah. But right now and everything, I think I have to go the porter. Yeah. I absolutely well, have to. I think you make very good points, and I, and I, and I feel all those things. So I am happy uh not seating but like give it giving the wind to the porter yeah i mean yeah. i think yeah you were as high on the porter oh, yeah. you were high on well, the porter I, mean, I think i'm just not as high on the cold ipa right. as no, you are I, high I, on and the cold i love i loved the porter i mean i was sitting back in my chair with my eyes closed like savoring it so i i loved it the reason i chose initially and it's still like the cold IPA over the Porter was the surprise yeah, for me, but we have to come to a decision. Are you okay? We can, oh, I, we can wrestle outside. I might I lose that though too. Wrestle. I am <laughs> happy to award the Porter. Yeah. I mean, I, As they're, are, they're both they're, great. They're, they're both great. And they're all great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just like, I just think that if the two of us could agree on anything, it's like we were both really high on the Porter, but yeah, I wasn't as quite as high on the cold IPA. Yeah, that's fair. And I am yeah. very adamant about the board. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I would go up to bat that this like literally this brewer was like, 
I got to do water balancing on this thing, which is he wanted to fight. He wanted to fight for this one. Yeah, I wanted to fight for this one. Let's take it outside the green room. (laughs) No, (laughs) no. (laughs) We're here to announce the winner, even though you probably guessed it after Nathan very graciously said he's seeding (laughs) the point to English Porter. English Porter. Shout out English Porter. applause was not for me that was for the english border uh you want me to tell you who it was absolutely i would love to know uh aaron and nick uh crushed that one two uh two great brewers i mean there were a lot of good brewers but i'm not going to name any other names um I, I don't think you guys said anything bad. No. no I, I mean, we loved all of them. Yeah, I would have drank a pint okay, of yeah. all of them. Absolutely. Yeah. I kind of hung out back here on my phone, uh, messaging with all of these brewers, grabbing recipes. Uh, so if you guys had any questions about anything, I could answer those. I tried to stick out of I stayed out of this. Um, but. It was my fact checker, too. Yeah. BJCB <laughs> guidelines fact checker. Yeah, I always need a, one of those. There's a couple times I almost missed your question because I was texting <laughs> with somebody. But, um, yeah, the English Porter, uh, Aaron and Nick sent me this recipe. Yeah, I'd love to know the rest of it, like uh, what the other adjunct grains were and the other colored malt. So they used the uh, Miller Malting Genie Pale, and they also threw in some Maris Otter. Okay. A little crisp brown malt. Okay. Some Baird's Malt British Crystal 5060. A pound of chocolate and a pound of pale chocolate. Okay. I was like, I, I suspected definitely a pale chocolate in there. That brown malt, I've got some of the brown malt floating around in here somewhere. Are you going to force me to eat it? No, it's somewhere in the stack. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's this bag right next to you, though. Hang on, crinkles. It is. It's that bag right there. <laughs> Simpsons brown malt right there. It sounds delicious. It is. It has like a, a brownie quality to it that uh, is really nice, uh, along with like a lot of the, you know, because a lot of the roast grains have a lot of coffee, while a lot of the like crystal have a lot more other subtle fruit fl- flavors to them as well. And like the the roast can go from extreme espresso roast coffee to like actual chocolate. I mean, that's why they call chocolates chocolate. And the brown has a really cool like brownie note to it that I really enjoy. Or maybe that's like why I liked it so much because I was like, I just used it not that long ago. Because I think it's only a handful of times I've actually used brown malt because I've always used just other colored malts to fill the gaps between that. Yeah. Nice. What's the yeast? Does it say a yeast on there? Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. They hopped with HBC 682. Oh, ex- experimental hop. Interesting. Yeah. And then to two packs of. Uh, YOP 005 British Alias. Ooh, I was cl- I was off by two because I said 007 because we used <laughs> to use um, on our house West Coast IPA. We actually used to use 007 uh, from them. So which is also another English. English style ale yeast. It's close. Can't win them all. And uh, you talked about how that beer specifically, you thought they really worked on their water. Yeah. Oh yeah, we hated water. He sent he sent me all of the water adjustments. Oh really? I was oh, like, yeah. you, there was something about it that I was like, you na- that, that nailed the water, and that's like oftentimes is like a sign of like a lot of the great brewers, like even commercial brewers, like oftentimes one of the things they forget about is water balancing, and like 
every water has its own terroir that affects beer differently. And it's just like when you say English porter and you go, what's English water like and English like porters like if I brewed one here and didn't do any water adjustments, it's not going to taste exactly. It's not going to taste exactly right because Des Moines water is pretty good. A little decent amount of hardness to it and which is good for pale ales. But like at the end of the day, it's not great for other certain types of beer. And like, yeah. if you just brew with the city water, you're going to make pretty good beer. But what sets a lot of beer apart is the excellence factor, which can be water. Right. So that's pretty cool. I, or some styles. Yeah, definitely. Some, some styles some more styles than others. Will not work. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're trying to do like an Irish style stout too, a big thing with them is water. Like IPAs, you can hide a lot with hops. Like you, West Coast IPAs, you need to do a little bit more water balancing than I think. Like hazies. Hazies, like you want it to be softer. So you're going to do heavy chloride additions. But like you once again can hide a, a ton of stuff with hops well beers that don't have a lot of going on with hops it's a lot like water can be a big differentiator like if we tried five porters side by side by side i bet that one would still stand apart because of its water adjustments mm-hmm. yeah what was a cold can we go back to the cold yeah. ipa because i was like i want to know yeast wise what the yeast was and if, if there is a hop list i would i'd be interested in knowing what that was <laughs> you nailed it it was hallertau was it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Top block. Uh, they did a Nelson dry hop. Also has a nice wine note to it. Mm, so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, thirty four seventy lager yeast. So thirty four seventy. Okay. You were right. The that they use a lager yeast on that also. <laughs> I used thirty four seventy here. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely tasted. It had the Christmas of a lager. So I was like, there's de- there's definitely lager yeast over ale yeast because there wasn't a ton of that yeast uh, yeast derived ester content. So props to that one though. I was yeah. like. Because, once again, the cold IPA thing that you were talking about is like, so I just did one here, and I'm going to complete, it's not the opposite way of uh, whoever this was, uh, the brewer for this one. I am doing Kolsch yeast. So, ale yeast, Hmm. fermented cold, right? So, kind of like a lager, right? Okay. And I'm doing 62 is my low end, and I'm going only up to 66. Then again, on the professional side, I have ALDC, so I don't have to worry about... (laughs) Your buttered popcorn. I'm going to just put a little bit of that in there, and there's not even the precursors to have diacetyl in my beer. So that was $350 for, like, a tiny little jug that's about this big. Whoa. Yeah, it's super useful, though. So it stops all precursors. Have you heard of the ALDC stuff? Uh Uh-uh, no. Yeah, so I forget who makes it, but you only need, like, um, half an ounce for seven barrels of beer, and it uh, hops can then start to do it again, but it stops the precursor to diacetyl so okay. you, you don't they don't have the yeast doesn't have to go through the conversion factor so you don't have to worry about if your your diacetyl rest don't ever you don't hit your high temps and you don't have a great diacetyl rest it kind of you don't have to worry about that anymore nice now hop creep and packaging and yeast getting stressed out from that could potentially kick start it again but also with this it also helps with that so like if you've ever had a beer that an ipa that got warm that didn't have a diacetyl problem and then re-fermented with all the dry hop in there, and then now magically has a diacetyl yeah. problem. That's because of the hop creep re-fermenting in there. And mm. yeah, and the yeast don't go through a full diacetyl rest and don't reabsorb anything. Nerds. Hey, we're all nerds. <laughs> we're all nerds. That's half the reason we're in this, right? 100%. 100%. So that, like, but we're also doing, like, hazy IPA hops in it. Actually, like, I, I got to give a shout-out to Taylor for that cold IPA. Uh, those are... 
uh, he actually worked with a brand new member to the club. Um, so those are two of our yeah. youngest members really? in the club. Oh, it's incredible. That's why they wanted to experiment. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure they pulled out this cold IPA because of James' talk. Uh, he, James was nice enough to come to a meeting uh, a few months back that we had at Twisted Vine to check out their new space. and Dope space. And, and he was fresh off your guys' podcast where he was talking about that cold <laughs> IPA. The Bright Side episode. So, yeah, yep, I heard it. Yep. So uh, uh, I think Andrew actually arranged that and got James to come to our meeting and school us all on cold IPA. And at the end of it, a lot of people were really interested in a cold IPA and possibly more confused about it. <laughs> That's the whole thing right now. Yep. Until three years from now where this thing actually gets nailed down, I it could go the way of brute IPA. We'll find out, I suppose, over the next... I miss brute IPA. I'm one of the few. I'm one of the very few that love to brute IPA. <laughs> yes, you are. I know. That's okay. I want my champagne tasting hoppy bears. <laughs> but yeah, I think the cold IPA we did has uh, Idaho 7, Equinot, Citra, and Eldorado, so very different strategies on the hopping of it, which could be mean you hate it, Nathan. We'll find so out. So, brewed IPA should that be the champagne of beer? Yeah, well, I mean, it was for about oh, half a year. Yeah, it was for about half a year. I loved <laughs> it. Strawberry brewed IPA was very good. Strawberry very delta. Yeah. We can get into it some other time. Love a brewed IPA. <laughs> Love a brewed IPA. But thanks, thanks for bringing this. Thanks. To oh, all the thanks brewers. for having us. Thanks I to mean, the brewers for supplying the beer. This was legitimately like incredible. Like start to finish, I was like, I would drink a full pint, and like if you blindfolded me and had me like drink them, I'd be like, I'd believe that an Iowa Brewers Guild member could have made these too. I was like, so yeah, for props, sure. Props out there to the, all the brewers who entered the competition. Sometimes confused for our brewers union. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. We are not the same group. You are not the same group. No, but we do have quite a few members. That were IBU members are mm-hmm. now uh, Brewers Guild members. I mean, it's it's a perfect way to get into the community in Iowa. If you're a craft beer enthusiast and you want to know more about beer, I mean, you don't have to be actively making homebrew either. You could just join the community, learn more about it, get more into craft beer too. Because I believe when I was in it, I th- the member fee is really small too. It's, I think it's still the same. Really, 25, 25 bucks, a bucks a year? for a year, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, and that gets you into the meetings. You get into everything else you have a lot of resources and you have a community behind you and it's like even if you don't actively brew and you just want to be part of a craft brewing enthusiast community in iowa it's a great utility for you so oh yeah you're gonna get a lot more than 25 bucks out of it oh, oh way more sure. I mean, 25 bucks is like you go to a bar you spend 25 dollars and like three beers right now you go to the yeah. store you buy a beer off the shelf you're spending more than 25 dollars oh, yeah. off a beer there and the, the fraternity, like the, just the community that you have uh, with groups like that is like one of the most important parts, I yeah. think, even, even if you never enter a competition, even if you never do anything, the learning, the community, all that sort of stuff. So props out to the IBU. Props out to you, Scott, for bringing this to us. This oh, was man. great. Thanks for having us. I hope no one's disappointed. If you once again, if you want to flame us online as if I did something to you, do it at Flix Brewer Jack. I hate you. <laughs> Um, on our posts and stuff. Uh, Leave us ratings, five stars. Um, Jack, I hate you. You didn't rate mine the best. Still five stars, though. Still five stars, though. Gotta combat the hate, which I don't know if we have any, but, you know, I'm here. But I I think this is a... Any last parting words of anything, Scott, from you, for us, for the people? 
if people want to learn more about oh. the IBU, follow, like, do you guys have socials? Is there a way that, how can people get involved and follow you guys? So find us on Facebook, Iowa Brewers Union. Uh, we have a, a public page there. We also are always at, at Jimmy Carter Happy Hour. We're, we're always set up at Obate Shop on the first Thursdays from, uh, you know, 6 to 8. Usually six to nine, maybe six to ten. So people be lingering around <laughs> yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you really want to try all the beers that are there, uh, hit it up about seven o'clock. Then um, every once in a while, there's more kegs than even fit on our jockey box. And oh, wow, that's awesome. And then we'll rotate them around. Sweet. Um, we're probably going to be indoors now. Yeah, tis yeah. the season. Got cold uh, fast. Uh, yeah, got yeah. cold fast. Yeah. Good, good. Uh, porter weather right now it really is though did that tip it over the edge no i bet uh, who knows well thank you so much scott thank you nathan for joining us in the ambient grains studio aka flix's grain room that people can watch us recording <laughs> as they walk by our entrance which is always hilarious um check us out on the social medias at the vorloff hour thank you to the iowa brewers guild for sponsoring uh the podcast and keeping us running keeping us going uh look out for some more uh Adventures coming soon. And uh, as always, take it easy. Chill. This has been a production of the Vorloff Hour, the official podcast of the Iowa Brewers Guild. Special thanks to Andrew Hoyt for the intro music and Balanced Scale Media LLC for our sponsor segments and outro music. Find the Vorloff Hour wherever podcasts are found. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Very great. Oh no, that's the wrong button. Oh no. Wait. No. There it is. Okay. You ready to go again? Let's do this all again. I hope that's all in there. I, at the end of the day, if, if, if that mistake's not in there, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs>